team at My Mortgage are all about making it easy to buy your first home. So we've put together some conversations where Claire and Greg talk about the process and share some of our top tips to help you on your journey. Kia ora team. Welcome to the My Mortgage podcast. You've got Claire and Greg here. Hello. Today we are going to talk to you all things townhouses and turnkey builds. So we're going to cover off what that is and how it's different from other builds. And then we're going to run you through basically how to fund it because there is a few things that we need to bear in mind here. And if you're buying it for your first home, there's a couple of really great grant products that you can access as long as you meet certain criteria. So Greggles, let's start off with what is a townhouse? Yeah, so generally um, these kind of turnkey builds are done most often in townhouses. So that's, a you know, houses where they're stuck together. So often multi-storey and two, three, four, five, maybe in a row. Potentially it could be also a duplex. Uh, so duplex is just two houses that are connected. We've seen a bunch of them in the Waikato uh, recently. As the councils have changed their planning rules, people have been able to do duplexes. Potentially it could be an apartment, a little bit more different, but similar kind of thing. So so those are the kinds of properties that are often done turnkey. And basically what turnkey means is that the builder is actually going to fund the entire build as it happens. So they're going to pay for the build as it goes on. You pay a small upfront deposit. We'll talk a little bit about deposits in a second. And then you don't pay anything else until once it's all done, once everything's completed. So that's what a turnkey is, a little bit different. And Claire, do you want to talk about how these turnkey builds are different to maybe a house and land package or building something yourself? Yeah, for sure. So the easiest way I find a turnkey to be explained is that it's similar to an existing property purchase, but with a big big chunk of time in the middle so they can build the house, basically. So you pay this deposit at the start and then a normal property would settle in maybe six to eight weeks. In your situation, it could be six to eight months or it could be a year. And we'll talk a bit more about what you need to be aware of there shortly. But how it's different to a house and land package or a standard build is essentially in the funding of it. So with a house and land package, generally the builder will package up the land and the house, but they'll often ask for you to settle on or take ownership of the land before they can start building the house. So that means for you, from a funding perspective, you need to pay all of your deposit into your land. You need to get a loan possibly for the land purchase, and then you need to fund the build under what we call a progress payment structure. So as the house is built, you get money drawn down from the bank. It is a bit more expensive for people because they've generally got to find somewhere to live while they're building. And also it's a floating rate structure, which is a bit more expensive as well. So it's one of the reasons why a lot of first-time buyers gravitate towards townhouses and turnkeys because they can have that deposit at the start and not pay anything else until the completion of the property. But there are a couple of things we need to bear in mind. So the first one is how you source your deposit. So it's pretty well well known that KiwiSaver is out there for first-home buyers, but the first home grant, if you meet the property criteria, can actually double for new properties. So it's a really key thing to just check over when you're looking at buying a turnkey because you may be eligible for a little bit more of your first home grant. And generally that grant is paid out on settlement when you take ownership of the property. So as Claire mentioned, often you'll pay your deposit, so it might be a 5% or 10% to the builder to secure the property, and then you don't pay the rest till the end. Often during that time, your situation can change. So maybe you change jobs, maybe your family situation changes, maybe you change careers as well, you know, totally change careers. So And also, sorry, bank policy can change. 
So you just need to be really uh, aware of that. Because we can get lending for you when you pay that deposit, when you actually sign up for the townhouse, doesn't necessarily mean the lending will still be available at the end. So we just got to make be really careful there. If you change jobs, say, for example, you go, hey, I don't want to be a builder anymore. I want to go be a school teacher. I'm going to go back to university and train for three years. And then we go to settle and the bank's going to go, where's your income? You, you were earning 70K as a builder and now you're a student. Potentially, you've gone the other way, though, and we've seen this a lot recently where people have been working here and then they've actually gone and got a new job, got 20000 more um, pay. Amazing. Things like when the bank's policy, triple CFA, wasn't around maybe when you first got your approval. And then sometimes these turnkeys are taking 18 months, two years, like a really long time. So that's something to be aware of as well. Just having those conversations early. Hey, what's our plan here? What are we going to do if this happens? How do we structure things at Manage that point? risk, yeah, I think, that's as right. well. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing is that can go the other way in terms of being able to save a lot more and the value of that property going up whilst it's being built. So particularly in Auckland, some of the other centres as well, the values of those properties have increased since the sign-up of the property itself. So that's really positive. Mm. The other thing that's really good and a little bit of a policy thing, but when you build a property, standard property, you actually have to include what we call build overruns into the serviceability. So very simply... For every $100,000 you borrow, you've actually got to prove that you can service $120,000. So obviously you can see that that would probably increase quite a bit as you borrow more. So that 20% build overrun can make quite a big difference if we can get you into a turnkey or a townhouse type purchase, which is really positive. Just to talk about the deposit, because we kind of use these words a bit kind of interchangeably, but so you're going to pay a deposit, probably 5% or 10% to the builder. But then we talk about the deposit to how much you're bringing to the purchase versus how much the bank's bringing to the purchase. So you've already paid that 5%. That's all included in that deposit that you're bringing to the purchase. But you might have 12% or 15% deposit or potentially 20% deposit, which is great. And so You've already paid that 5%. That's cool. That's included. Plus, you might add your KiwiSaver, some savings, some gifting or loan from family to make up your entire deposit that you're putting towards the purchase, and then the bank will come to the party with the rest of it. The other thing to note is that new builds are exempt from the reserve bank restrictions. So the banks are actually limited to how much they're able to give out at a less than 20% deposit or over 80% lending. Whereas with builds, they're actually allowed to give out almost as much as they want. Now, you still need to meet all of their policy and all that sort of stuff. It's not a free-for-all where they're just running down the street throwing money out there to build new properties. But you can actually access those funds and they can give out as much as they can for new builds because the government's trying to solve what they would call a housing crisis um, by letting people build new properties. Yeah. And I think we could just share a couple of tips here, Greg, because I think one of the big things that's really important and how the banks are going to look at properties in terms of risk is developers that are relatively well established. So when you're looking for a turnkey property, so we might have actually got your pre-approval, which is super exciting. You can go and have a look at some of the options that are out there. And there are many at the moment, which is great because mm-hmm. you've got heaps to choose from. Looking for a reputable developer who has done it before, they know how to manage their costs, they've got a really slick operation, that's definitely what you're looking for. And we're happy to recommend people locally to us that we've had really good success with as well. Mm. And I think, yeah, just really key things there, just to have a really good understanding of what those timeframes are going to be and how your situation may or may not change. 
So one thing with timeframes, Claire, do you want to just talk quickly about sunset clauses? They've been in the media a little bit recently with some developers maybe, I don't know what the right word is here, taking some liberties maybe with a sunset clause. So do you want to talk about sunset clause and then maybe some things to just be aware of? So a sunset clause is kind of a time frame clause, kind of suggests by sunset. So it can be put in place for the benefit of the purchaser or for the benefit of the vendor. So an example of when it might be put in place for the benefit of a purchaser is if the builder hasn't built the property in the time agreed. So for example, let's say you sign an agreement on the 1st of January 2023 and they say it's going to be built by the 1st of January 2024 or we can confirm that this agreement's at an end, for example. It'll be in more legal wording than that. The other time it can be put in place is for the benefit of the developer or the vendor. And this is what Greg's talking about where purchases have waited and waited and waited But the sunset clause says that there could be a a sunset clause of 2025 and they've signed the agreement to say, well, we'll wait that period of time. So it is a little bit stink from a developer perspective to be having costs blow out and having timeframes blow out like that. But it is really important to just get some advice when you come up against a clause like that because a lot of developers will put it in because they are looking to protect themselves from cost increases and many of them are fantastic people who just want to make sure that they can do business the way they they want to and the way they expect to. So yeah, those are kind of how those sunset clauses work. Yeah, and we have seen a few, there's been a, a little bit in the media about uh, developers who have invoked their sunset clause, and as a part of that, they've then said, now the cost of it is this, and increase that cost. And so if you want to keep this property, you have to pay more. We haven't had any clients of our own that that's happened to, and as Claire mentioned, a good developer will generally stick to the price that they've committed to. And what we've found is those more reputable, bigger companies, they actually have more capacity to take on those overruns and things like that. So yeah, just be aware when you're choosing a developer to work with or a company who's going to build the property, maybe ask some questions about, hey, what happens if we go through this process and we get to that sunset clause and the build's not finished, but prices have increased? What are you going to do? Because we don't want to get to that point at all. Yeah, and I think there was a a little bit of tension as well when property values were going up quite quickly while those properties were being built. The sunset clauses that had been put in place for the developer or the vendor may have been invoked to say, hey, look, we could sell this property now for $100,000 more on the open market. Are you prepared to stump up that money? And these poor first-home buyers are saying, well, no, we aren't, but they didn't have a leg to stand on. So, yeah, it's really, really important to just get some advice around that. Your solicitor will give you great advice when they go through that contract with you through the sale and purchase agreement and make sure that everything is as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, a townhouse or a turnkey property is, I think, an awesome way to buy your first home. It's really good for young first-home buyers, lock and leave, and also just allows a foot on the ladder with a little bit more government support, a bit more lending available, and in some cases also banks doing some slightly better deals for builds as well. So it is in essence, a fantastic way to get into your first home. So yeah, we are super excited to do a few more of these. And um, as always, thank you for your time and we will see you next time. See you later.
Wherever you're at, you can get in touch with our friendly, easygoing team and get some advice tailored just for you. At My Mortgage, we never say no, only here's the plan. And we're happy to take the time to take you through the process and make it easy. My Mortgage, making home loans more fun and less boring since 2012.